welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. I'm Robert Kane, And I'm Rick Romlick. Welcome back to the show, gang. Live. Live. From Myrtle Beach. The Beach of Myrtles. Beach of Myrtles. I don't know what a Myrtle is. I don't either. I'm going to look it up. Look it up. Um, so we're, we're here on vacation. Uh, I got wife, wives and kids with us. Um, felt a little tension between Rob and I earlier as we were trying to set up. Um, yeah, Rick's quitting the podcast. Rob didn't want to go on vacation, actually. He wanted to keep working. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I have been working more than I wanted to on this thing. It's only I don't, I don't one person's fault. As work. I, I enjoy this. I do, too. Yeah, don't, don't lie to the listeners. But I wanted to go on vacation recording. and not do recordings. But Rob said, hey, we're going to do some recordings. We'll do them in the car on the way back up. we got 15 hours. Well, we didn't have any for Wednesday. And, uh, yeah, like, this so. is supposed to drop tomorrow. Mm. As you guys are getting this hot off the press. Hot off yeah. the press. So a myrtle is a plant. It's like a flower. It's is a there a beach of flowers? I don't know. I haven't seen one flower on that beach. Anyway, we're excited to be here. Uh, we had a great trip down. Things are going well. It's chilling, swimming, relaxing, eating. Okay, so we tried to record an episode in the car earlier. Mm. Fail. It was a fail. Mm-hmm. But... Let's recap what we said. We said that that trip mm-hmm. down, mm-hmm. we left at like 10.30 at mm-hmm. night. And Rick was like, you know what, dude, I'll take the first leg. I'm going to drive a little bit. And I was like, okay, let me know. It's about 10.30. I can take over around 1 or 2 if you need me to. And lo and behold, it's like 1.15. And I'm like, hey, Rick, like, let me know when you're good. He's like, you know what, man? I'm just going to keep I'm just gonna keep going. And I'm like, so mm-hmm. like for a while, and you're like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just gonna keep pounding some cold brew, and we'll be good. And by cold brew, we mean cold brew coffee. Mm. Rick was not drinking and driving this time. Mm-hmm. Um, Doesn't go well. <laughs> nor has he ever. At least I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Rick, if you want to confess, feel free. No, nothing um, to confess. And so I'm like, all right, I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna take a nap, dude. I woke up at like six or seven o'clock in the morning, and Rick's still going. And so here, here's what happened, though. <laughs> <laughs> that I bought right before we left, a 48-ounce, like, jug of, what is it, Stoke cold brew? I think brew so, yeah. From, uh, from Kroger. And I was, I, was, uh, I was stoked to have this Stoke cold brew. And I'm like, this will probably last, <laughs> last me the whole week. Danielle's going to make some cold brew when we get down here. We've got some of those Trader Joe packets. You can just drop them in kind of like tea bags and just let mm. it kind of brew overnight and you're good to go um so i'm like i've got my own stuff danielle's gonna make more stuff when we get down there like this thing will probably last me the whole week so i pour myself a jug of like i don't know probably it's like a 32 ounce jug yeah it's a, it's a lot um but it's filled with ice so i don't know maybe 24 ounces total and rick has a 24 ounce so he's probably got like 18 ounces if you take away the ice anyway more details <laughs> on what you guys need and we're going Enneagram one yeah exactly <laughs> Uh, we're going, and Rick's crushing his cold brew. I'm, mine's sitting in the cup holder, and I'm thinking, I'll drink mine when it's my turn to drive. I'll, if, I, if I need to sleep right now, like I need to sleep. So Rick continues on. He finishes his, and I wake up probably around, I don't know. I, I mean, 3.30 I got, or 4. Yeah, 3.30 or 4, yeah. like just kind of in and out of sleep. And I go to look at mine, and mine's empty. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck? And it's, I'm waking up because Rick's tapping me on the arm. And he's like, hey, <laughs> I, refill the tea. <laughs> I'm like, what? We don't well, have any tea. I, I stopped to go to the bathroom. 
Yeah. And I was getting out and said, hey, hey, refill the tea. And he's like, what are we he's like, like, He's like half asleep. I'm like, in and what? out of sleep. <laughs> refill the tea. Refill the tea. He's like, we don't have any tea. Cold brew. Refill the cold brew. Okay. And so I fill up his and I refill mine again. Mm. And so now there's there's very little cold brew left. Mm. Precious. And so I fall back asleep. And then in and out of sleep, I wake up. And Rick is reaching over for my cold <laughs> brew again. And I'm like, what the heck? So I put my hand over it. I'm like, no, I'll refill yours. So I refill his. And he being selfish. that whole 48 ounce di- didn't even make it the whole way down. Mm-mm. So, but Rick. Rob, you slept the whole way down, so I don't know why you're complaining. I did sleep a lot of the way down. However, I'm not a whole Rick way. was a champ. He Part drove the entire way except for like the last two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Two to two and a half hours. And then I took it over from there. So we basically split the ride 50-50, and we made it. So, <laughs> Okay, so it did go um, a lot better than I thought it would driving th- through the night. I'd never done that before. I know people who have done it. I got great advice from my brother-in-law, Todd. He said, dude, because he, he does this when, when they go on vacation, he said, just keep eating something. He's like, gum, candy, beef jerky, just eat stuff, and you'll be okay. Be nibbling on stuff. Be nibbling the whole way. And I nibbled on beef jerky. And, and sipped. Sipped on tea and no, drank. it's cold brew. Yeah, tea. Come on. I don't know why I keep thinking it's tea. Um, and peanuts. So by the end of the by the end of the the trip, I was like really sick of beef jerky and peanuts. Um, yeah. Rick gained twelve pounds just on that ten hour drive. <laughs> just like drive. just sitting and eating nonstop for twelve hours. Anyway, it was a blast. And here we are in Myrtle Beach. We are in fun. Myrtle. We made it. The babies are sleeping. We've got a little bit of time here to crank out an episode. Better get cracking on this one. Yeah. So what are we talking about, Rick? Talking about ju- Jesus or being judge. You, you going <laughs> to study your way through that anymore here? You want to try that one more time? What are we talking about? Hey, let's not make fun of people who have stutters. Stop it. Okay? As a man who used to have a speech impediment, Rob, I really don't appreciate that. Rick, what are we talking about? Do you need to apologize? <laughs> well, you're going to be judged for that. So, I that. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, so today we are wrapping up our series um, on the some of the roles of Christ, and today we're talking about Jesus as judge. He will ultimately judge all of humanity. Yes, so let's let's crank out a definition here. Mm, so Crank it. As the God-man, Jesus Christ will judge all humanity on the last day, distributing eternal life to the righteous and eternal punishment to the wicked. Boom. Mm. What's that mean, though? Well, so during his ministry... Jesus talked about uh, this coming judgment. And he even said, though, in John three seventeen, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but mm. in order that the world might be saved through him. So there's like this sense that he didn't send Jesus into the world to judge the world. But then in John nine thirty nine, Jesus essentially says he did come to judge the world. We read that Jesus said, for judgment, I came into this world that those who do not see may see and those who may and those who see may become blind. Mm-hmm. So in John 3:17 he says I didn't come to condemn the world so essentially like I didn't come to judge the world but then 9 John 9:39 he says for judgment I came into the world. Mm. And How so do you answer we, that one. Yeah, so we look at these passages where it almost seems to be a contradiction but uh, we as two folks we were watching a little Dimitri Martin skit and it's funny what he's talking about folks um, but folks is a nice word we're two <laughs> folks who uphold the 
um, infallibility and inerrancy of Scripture, Mm -hmm. the uh, Chicago statement on biblical inerrancy. And so when we see passages that seem to contradict, we don't say, oh, like we understand the Bible to be in error. We say, oh, we're man. We just need to better understand. We don't understand, and so we need to seek understanding. We don't assume that we already understand, and so we humbly try to try to submit ourselves to the text and say, okay, like, how can we take these two passages, and how do they fit? Mm-hmm. And so that's where biblical study comes in. So with these two passages that Jesus says he didn't come to condemn the world, but then for judgment he came, we recognize that Jesus came to live a perfect life, to uphold the law that we're all going to be held accountable to, so that all those who would embrace him as Lord, as master, and all those who would embrace him as their savior, the one who takes away their sins, would be found in him and would be saved by him, so that when he does come to judge, the first time he came, he didn't necessarily come to bring judgment, but he told everyone, I am coming back to judge. And so the first time he comes, he comes to live this perfect life so that anyone in him would be found righteous, would be able to wear his righteousness. And so when that judgment does come, they could be seen as righteous, not because of what they have done, but we will talk about some of that, um, but because of what Jesus has done. Yeah, I'm going to read a passage out of three, chapter 3 of John. Um, verse 19 says, This is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. And so when Christ came into the world, there's this idea that he came as a Savior, but he came as a, a bearer of light to reveal the deeds in the the hearts of mankind. And, and in that sense, he simply revealed their true nature, and yeah, they will be good. judged. So, I mean, he he will judge, but he also came as a re- as a, as a light to reveal the, their nature, and they will then be judged based on those things. Yeah, um, in the Lexham, I always forget what it's called, yeah. the Lexham Survey of Theology, um, and we will link to that in the show notes. But there is a phrase here they say, and it's a really good one, that the person and work of Christ, mm-hmm. the person and work of Christ, are the judgment. Or crisis moment for all humanity. Unpack that for the a minute. The person and work of Christ are the judgment or crisis moment for all humanity. So what humanity does mm-hmm. with the person and work of Christ mm-hmm. is going to bear, it's their crisis moment because it's going to bear on their judgment on the last day. Yeah. It's the biggest decision an individual will ever make yeah. as to how do I judge Jesus? Do yeah. I believe that mm-hmm. he is king of right. kings, that he is Lord of lords, am I submitting to him as my master? Mm-hmm. Does his authority have greater authority in my life than my own personal authority? And am I trusting him? Do I believe? Am I judging him to be the true Messiah, the Savior, the one who does take away my sin through faith? Mm-hmm. Because what people do with that, if they answer yes to those things, then they will be secure on that day of judgment. Whereas if they whether they answer no or they functionally answer no just by living for themselves rather than for Jesus, then on the day of judgment, there will be destruction for them. and There will be punishment. Mm-hmm. And so with that phrase, the person of Christ, that's that crisis moment 
for humanity. Like, what are you going to do with this? Because it yeah. all comes down to this. How are you going to respond to who Jesus is? Well, I think there's also this this piece, and we see this in the passage in John um, 5, where, where it says, the, this is Jesus speaking, it says, the Father, in fact, judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, so that, that all people may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Anyone who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. 24, truly I tell you, anyone who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not come under judgment but has passed from death to life. Truly I tell you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For just as the Father has sent has life in himself, so also he has granted to the Son to have eternal, to have life in himself. And he granted him the right to pass judgment because he is the Son of Man. So this idea that I think people think, oh, I have to stand before God, and you do. Jesus is God, but you're not standing before God the Father, you're standing before God the Son because God the Father gave him this right. One, because he, so he would be glorified as the Father is glorified. But two, he redeemed some of these people, and, and he's revealing the hearts of all mankind, which gives him the right to redeem some and condemn others who reject him. Um, there's it gets confusing. But there's a saying like that, that God <coughs> is not a gentleman, or God's a gentleman, or Jesus is a gentleman, right? So he won't force himself on you. And this idea is. It confuses the identity of who Jesus. He is just. Yeah. You reject him, he will reject you. Yeah. Um, and we would believe, we would say that he he is the one who draws people to himself. That's what Scripture clearly says. Um, no one comes to the to the Father lest he be drawn. And so there's this idea or this doctrine that um, we stand before Jesus guilty. We had to be redeemed. We we had to be saved. We had he had to do that work. We don't show up with kind of like all right. I have my list of deeds. Right. We will stand before the Son, who will judge because God has given him the authority to do that. And God had the right to do it. Yeah. God, being God or the Father, has that perfect authority to judge. I mean, He's perfectly divine, just like Jesus is. But like you're saying, he hands that authority over to the son to execute judgment. Well, and, and so this people people have this idea that they'll take tidbits of scripture and say, Well, I'm gonna I will be judged favorably because of my deeds or my actions rather than because my because Christ redeemed me and paid the price for my sin. Yeah. Right? So Matthew ten forty two talks about it says, whoever gives a cup of cold water to one of these one of these little ones because he is a disciple, truly I tell you, he will never lose his reward. And people will quote that verse and they'll throw it around pretty loosely and say, you know, if you just serve others, give a cup of cold water to somebody in the name of Jesus, right? And so they be, they, they shift it to now workspace. Well, like I've given cold water, I've done these things. Yeah. Rather than, no, no, you're, you're misinterpreting the passage. This has to do with with p- post conversion. Cups of cold water don't get you to heaven or send you to hell. It's your relationship with Christ that does that. However, it simply reveals what you're doing. And if you're faithful in that, Christ will for sure reward you in that. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about the um, the <coughs> apple tree. Excuse me. I mean, just because there's an apple on the apple tree doesn't make it an apple tree. But because the seed has been 
from the beginning an apple tree mm-hmm. and it grew just just because there weren't apples on it when it was younger doesn't mean it was any less of an apple tree but mm-hmm. the apples proved later on that it was in fact an apple tree the whole time and so the works that christians do they don't make them christian they just are evidence that they are in fact christians so that's a good distinction do you have something well i was just gonna say that i, I think it's really important I took that a deep breath there relax okay <laughs> i was about to say something that i saw that you might have something to say. oh i mean i was just i was just no, gonna, I'm moving on to the next thing so you, you finish I'm out i'm just gonna say that I, th- I think people can quickly become um works-based and we think no sure my no. my salvation's in christ but they don't get ephesians 2 8 and 9 that it's by faith so that no one may boast um it's it's the work of christ um if it were not if it were up to us, if I had, if I could opt in or opt out, or if I could do enough to get in or get out, then the, then it's all me, and I will be glorified if I make it in the end day, mm-hmm. not Jesus. Yeah. So in that passage in John five, it talks about that that Christ may be glorified. That glory, if it's up to me, it becomes my glory because I got myself here, mm-hmm. and that's false. Yeah. Which, which I mean, we're speaking to people who for the most part, I think most of our listeners understand, but just to clarify that you say that hypothetically, but that would never even be possible because even if from this day forward, you lived a perfectly righteous Mm -hmm. life and never sinned once, there are still, there's still a history where even if you only sinned once before, there is still that one act of rebellion or thousands of acts of rebellion, which is more likely the case considering our nature, but they still need to be taken care of. Yeah. And so just because we may our, our good works may outweigh our bad, quote unquote, right. there are still acts of rebellion. There are still sins that separate us from God because God is perfectly holy. And so if we have any sin in our life, that immediately makes us unholy. And so even if our, our good works outweigh our bad, there's still those bad works there. Right. And they can't dwell with God. And so they need to be taken mm-hmm. care of. Hence, yeah, Christ's well, and, work and, and, and people. I think people just can, they can think that it's trivial, like, you know, yeah, yes, I know it's it's through faith, not by works, and they completely agree with that in, the, in their mind, but then their actions, if they were to really examine them, it's a subtle thing. We all stumble with this, where we think, I just need to be doing more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, if if you're if the works don't follow up, if you're not regularly gathering with God's people if you're not doing works of righteousness if you're not if you're not doing the things that that distinguish God's people uh, then it shows that your faith is is void is null so like you're sitting on a chair because you have faith that that chair is going to hold you up if you did not actually think that chair is going to hold you up then you'd be foolish to sit on it right and in the same way what you believe determines what you do and yeah, I guess what I'm saying though some people say they believe in the chair and it might look like they're sitting in the chair and they have faith in the chair, but they don't have faith in the They'll chair. They'll never sit on the chair. Right. Yeah. So just be careful. Yeah, exactly. So works are important, and we'll, we're going to get there. So. They are works. You just covered that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, you just covered that uh, the Father gives the judgment to his Son. Um, and on the last day at the return of Christ, all humanity will, in fact, stand before that judgment seat of Christ to give account for their lives. And so that, that's an important distinguisher as well, mm-hmm. that it's not just some people who are going to stand before this judgment. If you're a Christian, it doesn't mean that you're excused from it. 
but in fact all humanity will stand before the judgment seat. We see that in 2 Corinthians 5.10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Now, clarify when you're talking about that, you're talking about the the judgment seat of Christ, the bema seat of Christ. These are for believers, this judgment. No, I would say that this is all. We must all appear before the judgment. And so the point that I'm getting at is that believers and non-believers are going to sit before the judgment seat of Christ. Okay. Do you not agree? I think it's for believers. For that? That passage, 2 Corinthians 5.10. Maybe it is. For me, I mean, that's, but that's, the point that I'm getting at is that yeah. it's not that believers get to bypass sitting before the judgment seat. Yes. Yeah. Both non-believers and believers right. are going to have to be judged by Christ. In Romans 14.12 says all will face judgment. Yeah, you know, so there's this no, the fact that no one, no one's kind of getting an opt out. However, we we talk about judgment and we bring this idea of like a court system we have in the United States or in different you know governments where you you come before a judge, you hear the judge hears two cases more or less, and then the judge or the jury, which is an extension of the justice system, makes a judgment on you: guilty verdict or innocent verdict, and then the repercussions follow. Right, and so that's how we, most people think about this judgment day of Christ, or or, or the, the great white throne judgment. When we come, all humanity has to be judged, and it's not so much that we come to hear, are we in or out? Did I did I make it into heaven? Yeah. Or did I did I get kicked into hell? You know, it's rather it's simply a revealing. Um, the judgment has already happened. You don't come waiting for a verdict. As believers, we know if we're going to go to heaven or hell. As unbelievers, they know if they've rejected Christ or not. And then it's simply a, a really a, a clarification, um, a separation. Of the sheep and the goats. Mm. Oh, sorry. Did you have more there? Just a clarifying that I think we, we need to think a little differently about the judgment day. And it's not so much that we have to stand and and um, wait to understand if we're in or out. Rather, it's... It's a standing, it's opening of the books, and it's a reviewing of all of our life yeah. for, for all humanity. Yeah. For those who are in Christ, we'll review our deeds, good and bad, and, and how, you know, how we function in the body. And then for unbelievers, you know, we'll, Christ will review their life as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and um, the criteria, I think it's important to know that the criteria for that judgment, mm. what we're holding it up against, or what, what, we, what God is holding it up against. Yeah is his law and the gospel. Yes. And yeah. so the standard. Yeah, that's the standard and God has provided that for us. And so someone once said like as you read through Leviticus, which is a difficult book to read through, mm-hmm. there's a lot of laws. Same with Deuteronomy, same with Numbers, but like as you as we read through these things, you hear something? I thought I heard an ice cream truck. <laughs> Rick just like his <laughs> eyes completely darted off like, and ice cream truck? <laughs> ice cream truck. Sorry, yes. Um, <laughs> I'm getting some ice cream after this. <laughs> We've got like three cartons of ice cream in yeah, our fridge. They're halfway Freezer. gone. Um, <laughs> Good thing they're not in the fridge. Yeah, seriously. Okay. Um, but yeah, like the standard, someone said that as you read through those books, which are more difficult, mm-hmm. think to yourself how difficult it would be to keep this law. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, God is perfectly holy. I mean, these are the things that are required to approach him. And what we see is that only one person ever has kept God's law perfectly. 
and that that man that god man is jesus christ Mm -hmm. and so for all of those who are in christ Mm -hmm. they get to be seen as those who have kept the law perfectly because they are hidden in christ however those who aren't they're going to they're also going to be held up against that standard and they're not going to pass yeah yeah i think it's it's really important and this is why um you know, people people can get funny about doctrine, and they can get funny about. What do you mean by funny? Like it's weird. Like, what do you mean by weird? Look up the definition. <laughs> <laughs> people people can have, they can think that you're being too legalistic. They can think that you're you're being too serious about certain doctrines, or they think all you care is about is theology and doctrine. Um, but I would I would say and there are people who just that becomes their hobby horse and that yeah. becomes their they're just legalistic they're pharisaical and it's like i know i'm right and that's all that matters their 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 idol then becomes just a being about right quote having unquote. head knowledge about theology correct so but there are just people in christian circles who are like hey lay off like lay off the theology lay off this or whatever it's like well well do you believe that you're going to stand before god and be judged and do you believe that the way you live will be examined, what you believe? Because what you believe um, is displayed in how you live. You can say you believe X, Y, and Z, but if you live in a different way, that truly reveals what you believe. Yeah. So that's what you'll be judged on, not what, where you stood on doctrinal issues. It's how you live. And so people can get carried away. I get that. But people can become lax and just they kind of rest on chill and say, hey, I don't need to worry about that. No, you will be judged for these things. Yeah. Um, and primarily, you'll be judged in how they affected how you fulfilled the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. Did it, did it stir your affections for Christ? Did you love him more? Did you love your neighbor more? Were you sacrificial? Were you like Christ and those people? Or were you simply trying to study more and read more and, and just know more and be puffed up? Yeah. And, and that's why, like, we, we, we try to be really serious about our, our doctrine, our theology, because we believe it really does Im, Im, um, impact how we live our life day in and day out. Yeah. So I Absolutely. just want to encourage I mean, people to think through that um, and take this stuff seriously. Yeah, there, I mean, there's that little phrase that, that we say that we stole from someone else, and they probably stole from someone else, but it's Thieves. all— Yeah, all, all theology is mm-hmm. practical, mm-hmm. and all practice is theological. Because what we think about God or what we think about a particular situation or a particular topic is going to reveal itself in how we act towards mm-hmm. that thing and how we live. And so all theology is, in fact, practical, and all practice is theological. And so that just hammers home what you were saying. Great but um, let's see here. What do we got on the notes? Okay, so let's talk about good works now. Um, good works, bad works. Mm. Um, so the righteous, those who are in fact united by Christ, mm-hmm. united to Christ by faith, um, they will receive eternal life, yes, because of God's grace being acted in them to have faith and to be brought into, into a relationship with Jesus. So aside from that, what do they have yeah. to look forward to? The righteous? Yeah. And I mean, and I'm not at all diminishing that. So like on that judgment, mm-hmm. the righteous will be revealed as those who are in Christ and they will yes. be given eternal life. Yeah. But are there any other rewards? Um, 
I don't have the notes, whatever you're talking about, but I would say yes. I mean, one, there's there's vindication, right? It's that God has set all things right. So, you know, he has subdued my enemies. He has, you know, the scripture says those he's humble. He will, he will elevate this moment of elevation. There's this uh, portion where, as far as this unity, um, not just in the Father, but also perfect unity in fellow believers. Now that we didn't have on earth, that we were we were striving for correctly with all of our effort um, in the body, the church. But now in glory, it's completely united. Um, and I just think it's going to be really a lot of fun. You're going to see f- full display the, the majesty and the glory of God. Yeah. Um, and and it will probably be one that I mean I don't know there's timeline all this stuff but probably the first glimpse of just the majesty and to see our savior creator now judge mm-hmm. right the universe and I say that's my savior yeah i don't i have no idea why he picked me out of billions of people unconditionally unconditionally i, I have no idea how this happened clearly this didn't happen based on my own deeds or my own work yeah unconditionally but i'm going to s- sit here or stand here and just be in awe of who he is and just who the king is and yeah i am in his kingdom yeah praise god that's going to be an uh, that's an amazing picture that you painted it's going to be even better when it happens um but i mean in addition to that the we will be rewarded for our good works mm-hmm. um, there will be degrees of reward i don't know mm. what like if what levels or whatever like this isn't a mormon thing where there are three heavens and and things like that like but we will receive rewards mm-hmm. for our good works and we'll probably uh, have to do another episode on that because that's really confusing yeah stuff. dude that's gonna be that would be a, a pretty in-depth episode we can we can put it on there we're just gonna have to we don't research. have to, Rob, if you don't want to. You can see how lazy we are when it comes to our research. <laughs> oh, we're gonna have to look into that one. Um, but like, I mean, I, I remember a, a sermon preached by Mark Glenn, mm. a Mark disciple Glenn. of ours, guy that we love. I, I just saw him the other day. Mm. Um, but and he was talking about the crowns. Yeah. That that I remember that series. Yeah, yeah. That that christians will receive in glory and there's the imperishable crown the crown of rejoicing the crown of righteousness the crown of glory and the crown of life and and those being part of the rewards um but just to to make the point Mm, that yes we will receive eternal life in christ but it's not so like there's that parable of the 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 workers right where some come in at beginning of the day yeah. and they get a full day's wage. Some come in the middle of the day, some come in and get a full day's wage. Some mm-hmm. come in at the end of the day, get a full day's wage. Like, yes, we will all receive glory with Christ and we'll get that reward, but there will be additional rewards based off of uh, the works that you do. And in the same way, for those who are not in Christ, um, there will be, and I'm, we're not talking about like Dante's Inferno or anything like mm-hmm. that, but there will be uh, degrees of punishment for those who are not in Christ. It'll still be an eternal punishment. We affirm what Scripture says about there being a heaven and there being a hell, and each of those being eternal. Um, but in terms of uh, the degrees or things like that, what we can say is what is what Scripture says, that we'll be judged according to our deeds, and we will um, receive what is due mm-hmm. for what has been done in the body. And whether that is good or evil, Second Corinthians five ten. So, 
to make that point as well when it comes to the judgment. Mm. I think it's hard when people think about judgment. Two things. They either just don't think about it, like it's like, okay, whatever, and they just ignore it. Or it can become this thing that just um, dominates. And so I'm going to parse that second part out about yeah. it dominating. Either it. either it dominates because they are they're they're fearful, and they're just never sure of where they're at, and there's just constant like tension and unease, and there's no peace in their life about this judgment and, and where am I at? Am I, am I going to get in? Am I going to get out? Da, da, da. Right. And part of that is just because you know folklore and, and society all these things can feed into this like idea that you know if you're good enough you'll get in and all that stuff again the scales thing. Instead of resting in who Christ is and saying, "Hey, what, what's Romans eight says? If, if if the Spirit is in me, it's identifying me as a part of the bride of Christ, as a child, um, then that's who I am. Amen. By His grace, the other way people dominate is they is they use it as a as a manipulative tool tool towards others, and they try to either push people into the church or out of the church or exclude them in some form or fashion, or or move them in a sense." via the idea of judgment. There's a judgment is coming, you know, I mean, scripture, Jesus was clear. He said, repent and believe. Yeah. For the kingdom of God is at hand. Mm-hmm. Judge, the day of judgment is coming. So it's 100% true. But is our motivation in that, or people's motivation, primarily because they their heart is broken over the lost people or that they feel some kind of authority or some kind of sinful manipulative power because of that? So, so I would encourage people as they think about judgment to, to think slowly, think calmly, but, but very seriously. Like, what are the implications? What's it mean that we're all going to stand before Christ? That, that there are different, you know, you said some rewards. Like, um, you know, this idea that I can just kind of skate into the heaven, like get my, my pass and just make it in. That's not, a, one, that's not accurate because I would say if that's your heart, then you're not truly redeemed because yeah. you don't desire him but also we, we shouldn't be fearful and let the fear um play on us and you see this in different even sermons right where people just they can make it just fear-based yeah um now having said that we should be pretty darn afraid when we look at the power of sin and the power of the evil one and the authority um that god has against those things that should create a, a reverence and a, and, a, and a right fear but nothing not a fear that separates us or causes us unease if we're in Christ. Yeah, yeah. And um, there's a there's a good article by Desiring God on, on this that we will link to. But it goes mm. over four uh, kind of main points that we've, we've covered, I think all of them, but the third one. But I think that one's implied. Um, mm. It just says after judgment we will die. Well, I was going to go through those one, one through four, but oh, I think you said you're going to link. Apparently, it. you guys got number three early because right, hey guys, number three, our judgment will be after we die. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Newsflash. Spoiler alert. Spoiler. Alert. You will die. Okay. Um, so those four things. The first one. Mm-hmm. Um, Rick, I'm going to take the first one so that you can also say the third one since you've already <laughs> said the third one. <laughs> So go for okay. What's All Christians will stand before Christ as judge. We yep. talked about this. That there, every, um, all peoples will stand before Him. There is the great white throne judgment. That is the talks about in Revelation twenty eleven. Talks about the judgment um, of unbelievers. And then there is the 
the bema seat of Christ, the judgment seat of Christ, where all believers will stand and give an account of their actions. And that's what I think St. Corinthians 5.10 uh, talks about. Yeah, and then there's uh, the fact that our judge will be Christ. It's not going to be the Father. It's not going to be the Holy Spirit. But it's going to be Jesus Christ, the one who died for our sin, the one who um, lives and reigns as king. And we will stand before him as our judge. Uh, one, number right? three, what? our judgment will be after we die, which, again, just, um, yeah, Hebrews 9.27, it is appointed for men to die once, and after that comes judgment. Um, and I would just say that also, I think this points to the, <laughs> this is a total side note, but you hear what people like, died, went to heaven, or died, went to hell, and it's like, you're going to really like die, die one time, and then you will face judgment. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't buy those books. <laughs> um and then the last one is when we stand before Christ as judge, we'll be judged according to our deeds in this life, which we just hit. Mm. So, Rick, let's talk about mm. the, the head, head hard hands. hands as we close this thing out. So when it comes to our head. Yeah, so I think this informs a lot of doctrine, uh, the doctrine that Jesus is the judge, um, the doctrine that, that it's because he's perf- He's a perfect one, he paid the price for um, the sins of the redeemed. I think it's also important that we just acknowledge the, the two different judgments, that there will be a judgment for believers, uh, the Bema Seat of Christ, the Judgment Seat of Christ, and, uh, and the Great White Throne Judgment, which is for unbelievers. Yeah. Um, and then, and, and just an important note on that, we were doing some reading, and, and Rick may have a stronger opinion on this than what I do, um, and it's not because I don't care about it, it's because I haven't looked into it as much. But there are those those three judgments, right, that, yeah, that they so talk about. They talked about a judgment of the nations or the judgment of the sheep and the goats, which you have to have a premillennial view to, on, on, the, on the millennium, right, to believe there's a literal thousand-year reign of Christ, which I do believe. But you'd have to believe that. I was going to say, you better watch yourself, if you Mr. Hold, CMA. If you hold to that because, um, I mean, what I think there's plenty of room for other, like the all-male. But anyway, the point being that their view is that before the millennium happens, there's a separation of sheep and goats. Uh, I don't know if I really believe that. Yeah, but what they're saying is like between those three, some some people say that those three different judgments are three different events that take mm-hmm. place at various different times. Um, others say that those three things are three things that happen at the final judgment. Um, I don't Which, if you're an all male, that would work. Yeah, but then I, it's not like I said, I, I haven't looked very deep into I just, it. It's I think it gets confusing, and I don't, I don't know enough to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't. I mean, yeah, we've got mics in front of us talking about it. So, well, I mean, as far as the, the third perspective of the, the judgment of the nations, the sheep and the goat before the millennium, that I don't yeah. have enough to talk about. Yeah. So, wherever you fall on that, but mm, fall somewhere. Yeah. Um. Anyway, and then where are we? Run heart. Yes. Are you taking that? You want me to go? Go for it. Okay. So when it comes to our heart, it is a truly amazing thing that God, being perfectly holy, being perfectly righteous, mm-hmm. being perfect, being the measure of standard by which we will all be judged, has revealed his law. Mm-hmm. That is an amazing thing. And yet, we have fallen short of that law. We have broken that law. We have turned our heads away from God. We have rebelled from him. And so not only has he graciously provided us with his law, which is amazing, so that we know how to live for him, and but also he has sent himself, mm-hmm. the son, Jesus Christ, to 
perfectly live out that law. So for all those who have separated themselves from God, which is all humanity, don't think that if you're driving in the car and you think you're a good person, like, oh, yes, thanks for those people. I haven't separated myself from God. Yes, you have. All of humanity is in sin. And so God sends his son to perfectly live that law so that anyone, not because of their works, but anyone who would repent of their sin and believe on Jesus and embrace him as their master, as their savior, as their treasure, would be able to re-enter into a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. That is an amazing thing, and our hearts should rejoice from that. Don't let that fact go past you today without taking a minute to meditate on it, what God has done for us. It is an amazing thing. And it's something that we, we can't take for granted, even though even though we do all the time. And I'm, I'm guilty of that too. Um, but just take, take a second today and rejoice in what God has done for us in providing a savior because he is the judge. Mm-hmm. And there will be a day of judgment. But before that day of judgment, he has provided us a way so that we may be judged righteous and acceptable to him. Yeah, amen. And, and, and like I was saying a minute ago, and so we're just kind of recapping with these things, but um, your your actions, what you do with your hands, your actions. Just your hands. Just, just your hands. <laughs> but what you do with your actions really follows from what you believe in your heart. So if you're saying, if you're you're outwardly affirming or even maybe trying to convince yourself that I believe these things, but your actions are not following that, it's a great time to just evaluate your heart. Say, where, where am I? Like, truly, does my heart break? For lost people, or that who who will face judgment, does my heart um, is it moved moved to to change things in my life to more accurately honor the Lord, or or to more accurately articulate the gospel and honor the Lord in my lifestyle? So those things kind of flow right into your hands. A great way, as we talk about the judgment of Christ, is simply live as a person who will face judgment for your actions. Now, we know as believers, we're not going to, this isn't condemnation or eternal life kind of a judgment, but yet you will stand before God and be evaluated on these things. So don't stand, don't don't live a life of fear, but live a life of reverence. First Peter 1.15 says, you shall be holy for I am holy. Yeah. That's what we're called to is holiness. And so that's our standard that we strive after um, with our with our thoughts, with our, our heart, and with our, our actions. Yeah, and, and if you do find yourself today, like, and you're thinking, man, what they're talking about, I, I have been inconsistent. I I have said that I'm a Christian, and I'm not living like it. Like, praise God that he has, in his grace, convicted you of that. And the next step for you is to call out to him and to repent and say, God, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Help me to live more faithfully for you. Um and so just, just praise God for that if, if you do find yourself in that situation. But don't just stay there. Go to that next step and call out to God and repent. So on that note. What do we got? Do we have anything else here? Um, this episode's been going on for a while. Oh, has it? How long are we in? 43 minutes. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I think something we'll, we'll try to talk about next time is um, Rob's Enneagram score. <laughs> Rob and I and our wives took out the Enneagram the other day. Rob already took his. but One wing nine, baby. Rob is a one-wing nine, um, so Rob's um, was a perfection, an idealist, perfectionist, an idealist. Yeah. Yeah. So he has grand ideas about perfection. No, I'm just kidding. Something like that. <laughs> but it was interesting. Um, I think we're kind of behind the curve on the whole enneagram thing. But I think so. But it's still fun. It's interesting. Yeah. 
But quick thank you to all you guys who have supported us, whether that's through one-time tips or if you're a monthly giver. Yeah. Really appreciate you guys. And, and we'll add, like, there's we do there's things we want to cover, at, like the rewards, eternal rewards and stuff. But we have, um, we're going to start after we finish the series. This is the last episode. Yeah, last episode of the series. Um, and we would love to start digging into some listener requests. We've got a decent amount. So stockpiled. Don't you? So if you send something in, we haven't responded to it in a while. We're gonna get to you. We will get to it. So yeah, it's been fun. We we've just been talking about. I'm gonna recap just the offices or the the, the works of Christ Jesus as the second or last Adam. We kicked off this series with that. Then we talked about Jesus as a as prophet, Jesus as priest, um, and then Jesus as king. And then we're wrapping up today with Jesus as judge. Yeah, and I'd like to clarify what I just said about how we will get to it. There are some that have been sent in that we we just aren't going to do. Not because we don't think they're important, um, but there's just certain things that are appropriate for the Mm. podcast, some things that we're just not going to cover, either Mm. because it's not appropriate or because we're not equipped for it. Um, But maybe we'll try to reach out to you personally. Sorry, Zach Murphy. (laughs) Yeah, th- those ones are just jokes that he said in. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Murph Daddy. Uh, Murph Daddy. I was trying to f- find He's one. He's in Hawaii right now. Dude, I, I don't want to hear it. Unbelievable. Dude vacations to Westerville like twice a summer. Um, I'm, what trying, you got? I'm trying to find his, but I can't see it. I don't know if it, they may have gotten deleted. Oh, Regardless. All right. All, right. All right. Guys, if you want to stay in touch with us, you can shoot us a email <laughs> at Simple Theology <laughs> Podcast at gmail.com you can find us on facebook or you can go over to our website at simpletheology.org we are working on this is kind of exciting i think it's pretty much ready but i want to i don't want to say it too soon we are working on getting a call-in number oh if you don't feel like typing out an email or getting on our (laughs) web page and you can actually call in much work give a little voicemail and we're not going to answer it. It's, it's going to go straight to voicemail. But then you can leave a comment. You can leave a if, question. And we will play it on the podcast. Say, unless you ask us not to. Yeah. But we'll, we'll play it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And then we'll try to respond to it. And you, you're more than welcome to, to, to leave a voicemail and say, please don't play it on the podcast. Yeah. Especially since you guys heard this episode, Rob makes fun of people with speech impediments. Stop it. I do not. I want to find what that number is. Hold on. He's he's got a he's got to work on that. Like the whole thing. He will be judged for these things. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Okay. Keep keep talking for a second. I think I'm gonna find the number. Yeah. So one thing we discovered today as we're getting ready, because I didn't bring any of my mic stuff or anything, and Rob's Enneagram one, which is like perfectionist, was coming out. Like he like he wanted this thing okay, and that it. thing, and I like didn't have any of my stuff because I'm not an Enneagram one. I don't really care and. and he fought. We fought. He yelled. I, I cried. <laughs> I broke a glass. We got over it, and here we are. Rick has a bruised face. Mm. It's a bruised, JK. It's bruised, bruised, all that. Bruised soul. Anyway, that number, guys, I'm giving this out Heart. a little prematurely, so you're not going to see like a nice voicemail or anything like that, but if you want to say send something in, that number is 614-233-1098. 614-233-1098. Shoot us a call. Leave a voicemail. We'll play it. Boom. Who's going to be the first? That's, That's a good the question. question. Mm. Hey, appreciate you guys. Peace, Peace. out, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>